I think finding something that's interesting or that's fascinating, it really allows you as an entrepreneur to connect with people you otherwise wouldn't be able to connect with yeah. because there's something different you do. Here's the truth. If you have five people who are excited about anything, five people that are excited and focused on one thing, you can probably achieve it in 21 days. Yeah, I, I, I think so at every level because everything comes down to that user experience. And we all want, I think I saw a stat recently, it was like 79% of all um, business execs expect personalized content, mm. right? And I know I don't interact with some, I'm not gonna randomly contact a company because they sent me a report. Yeah. I don't care. I'm, I'm just like, I just want you to take some time and research me and see whether it makes sense, but. And that is coming up next on Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show, so stay tuned. So, the big question is this. How are ambitious people like us, who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. We have created a tremendous community of bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are ambitious, resourceful, and want to get things done. We brainstorm, support, and help each other out. So come join us. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. Join today and get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series absolutely free. If you enjoy this video, then do let us know by hitting that like button now. Or if you want us to improve our content, then go ahead and hit that thumbs down button and give us your honest feedback in the comment section below. Here at Tetra Noodle, we are passionate about entrepreneurship, technology and innovation. Every week we bring you insightful and engaging videos, interviews, tips, tricks and strategies to help you grow your business or rise in your corporate profession. If you're new here, please do consider subscribing and do not forget to hit that bell icon so that you are notified when we publish new content. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams show and I'm your host Manoj Agrawal. Today is going to be a very fun episode because we are talking with Aliyah Kohan and he has a very, very colorful and uh, diverse background if I can put it that way. Since 2009, Aliyah has been passionate about hot air ballooning. He says that there is nothing quite like seeing an eagle's nest from the sky, watching elk and horses graze in their fields, flying inches above corn tassels, skimming the bottom of the hot air balloon basket on a river or lake, and enjoying the incredible views of Mount Rainier without the sound of a loud engine. That's why he founded Chief Pilot and offers balloon rides in the Seattle area. However, Eliav is also a seasoned marketer with experience using ultimate technology for marketing labor. Let's welcome Eliav. Uh, this is so interesting what you're doing. So uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. All right, great. So uh, let's just first talk about how how did this all come about? You know, you were telling me before the interview, you started selling books uh, door to door. And, and they, from there, you went to chatbots and hot air ballooning and, and magicians. <laughs> so uh, tell us, uh, you know, let us unfold uh, uh, this mystery now. Sure. So, um, you know, back when I was in uh, college, I had the opportunity 
opportunity to do this crazy internship where I uh, sold educational books door to door, uh, 80 hours a week. And I met 40,000 people uh, face to face over nine summers. Wow. So I did Lloyd through college and a couple years after. So if you're trying to figure out, well, if you only had about 3,000 customers, it basically tells you that I'm pretty good at getting rejected because I was rejected by about 35, 36,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, and so it, what's interesting is at the book company about my seventh summer in, the, uh, I, there was a new CEO that came in and his name was Henry and Henry happened to own uh, a hot air balloon as well be the CEO of the company. Mm. And so he told me if I could be in the top 10% of all salespeople, so or top 10 out of 3000 people, he would let me come fly in his hot air balloon. And I said, done, <laughs> right? Had my motivation. So I was number seven, got to go flying with him. and one of the things he said to me is I said, well, you know, Henry, why do you have a hot air balloon? <laughs> and he goes, well, actually I use it for acquisitions. Uh -huh. I was like, wait, 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 explain this to me. Like, how do you use it for an acquisition? He goes, well, some people, they take people out to dinner. Other people take people to play golf and no one has gone up in a hot air balloon. So I take them ballooning and he goes, if they trust you with their life, they'll trust you with your money. Wow. And when he said that, I was like, well, hot air balloon is a fun, but this is also fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, I might as well buy a hot air balloon. So that next year, you know, bought a hot air balloon, did a bunch of different SaaS companies and worked with big companies like ZocDoc and helped with their national expansion for big billion dollar SaaS companies. Um, and eventually I decided, you know what, screw it. I just want to go hot air ballooning all the time because I was mostly using it to get big meetings and you know, we'll talk about in a minute of like in a minute how you get big meetings being fascinating, right? There's something interesting about yourself. But, um, but anyway, so I started a balloon company and then all of a sudden I was, I had used all the lessons that I learned from the big SaaS companies about, you know, what was important in getting clients and conversion and all the different pieces I learned. And eventually I was number one on Google and was getting uh, too many phone calls and live chats and then turned into AI chatbots. So then all of a sudden I got back into marketing. Mm -hmm. And uh, found a way to, you know, basically answer everyone's questions without talking to anyone and automate my entire leads process, freeing up my time as an entrepreneur to be able to have family time. Awesome. So. That's a great story. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I never thought uh, hot air ballooning could be such a good lead gen source. Um, all I know about hot air balloon is uh, when I read um, uh, 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 Sir Richard Branson. What's uh, the yep. billionaire's? Yeah. So, biography, right? Um, yeah, so that story is specifically about how he got Janet Jackson, right? Yeah, so uh, a balloon, right? And uh, and and then I found out he he you know he he comes up with a new stunt whenever he launches a new come like he took uh, what a motorboat across the ocean or something along those lines. Um, so yeah, I mean this is amazing, uh, and now I'm I'm getting a firsthand. Uh, knowledge about this uh, this thing so awesome. so when you know it's interesting when you know when henry had said like if they trust you their life they'll trust you their money it's the same idea with richard branson right like he took her on an experience at ten thousand feet and basically was like i'm not coming down till you sign with me mm -hmm. you know uh, kind of a funny way but it's it's still it's about everything comes down to relationship building and i think finding something that's interesting or that's fascinating it really allows you as an entrepreneur to connect with people you otherwise wouldn't be able to connect with yeah. because there's something different you do. Yeah, for sure. And then you open up new possibilities for them uh, and show them different experiences. That's, uh, that's, 
that's a you know that they will probably never forget right uh, no they really don't uh, even with my you know first experience i remember going up to 10000 feet watching the sunrise you know from 10000 feet and and understanding how quiet it was and it was so beautiful this epic experience and it really shaped you know um that memory in that day really shaped my life in three ways mm -hmm. one was he got me into ballooning which is a very expensive sport right mm -hmm. number two when we finished the flight we opened in 1997 silver oak it was a 100 point alexander valley wine at exactly 12 years aged wow. and so i got is my first red wine so i got an expensive wine and then we smoked cuban cigars and so he i i would say henry screwed me that day by getting me three very expensive fine find things that shaped who I am and I drink fine wine I get to go ballooning and you know and smoke good cigars so awesome. well, that's great let's uh, before we move forward I want to explore this further because you brought up two uh, very important points which is relationships and new experiences uh, a lot of people in business uh, particularly in startup world don't don't put enough effort into these things don't put enough don't even realize how important these things are in fact uh, you know i i sent a message uh, I, like i was networking with somebody on linkedin and i sent them a couple of messages because they didn't respond and they said uh, finally they responded they said i only believe in business not in networking so it was for me it was like you know okay uh, it doesn't make sense at all because networking is what leads to business uh, what are your views about um, relationships networking and then we can talk about uh, unique experiences Yeah, the, you know it's a really interesting uh conversation because I was having this conversation today with my one of my business partners uh Lindsay who is she was a uh, a former um head of strategic um or strategy for Lululemon mm -hmm. and uh, just fantastic one of the sharpest ladies I've ever worked with. And uh we were talking about how I always get these LinkedIn requests, right? And these LinkedIn requests that are non-contextual non-personalized with someone who's done no research mm -hmm. right and just like you know within with networking most people i would say and as an entrepreneur i think this is important because at the beginning you're the one going after customers right mm -hmm. and the more contextual you are and the more personalized you are the more and you've done some research the more of the opportunity that putting that in the first email or a note or a phone call that someone's going to chat with you and it comes back to the same thing with my other you know the other business that we end up coming out of the ballooning that now building artificial intelligence chatbots everything comes down to context and personalization mm -hmm. and i think it's that initial thing is did you give the time to research them are you being contextual and personalized or is it a general message but i believe that there's two kind of there's an initial you know of networking of getting just time with someone but i'd say the other way to do it is just being interesting yourself because if you're not interesting and i always i always say that when i go to a networking event i ask one question to people i say what have you done in the last 30 days that's fascinating mm -hmm. i'm not asking what they do cuz i really don't care do you care no no one cares like eventually yeah you'll talk about what you guys do but i want to know what makes them fascinating like what are they excited about in life that they did yeah. fascinating and if you can't answer that question uh what is this thing i've done this fascinating the last 30 days you need to go out and do something fascinating because <laughs> you're too focused on work like you're not interesting anymore and i've had people who i've reached out to who i i i invite people to ballooning all the time mm. you know like i i invited russell branson he didn't you know richard branson he didn't say yes yet but i was like hey if you ever out here you want to come fly you know 
hey, who knows, maybe there's the opportunity. But um, I've got many, many meetings and conversations that I continue with those networking conversations, mm -hmm. not about business, but talking about ballooning or talking about something uh, that I did that was exciting. And I think it's really important as entrepreneurs that we're, we're not always talking about work because that's not what makes you interesting. Mm -hmm. People are buying because you're interested and they like you yeah. and you happen to have a product that can help solve their problems. So that's my view on networking is you can make those relationships deeper, but doing, do things that are fascinating and be fascinating yourself. Yeah. You know? So true. So true. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Richard Branson, like you brought it up. Uh, I have a lead there. So maybe we can talk about it um, after the interview. Uh, so maybe, maybe you can make it happen. Who knows? Um, uh, anyway, so uh, let's talk about the uh, unique experiences. So you, you, you talked about um, ballooning, you talked about AI, uh, chatbot. Uh, what, what are some of the fascinating things you are doing, uh, which are, uh, you know, not, not the, uh, the things that you already talked about? Sure. So there's a, a couple things. So one is I created an, an, a brand new program where one, it, it has to do with ballooning, but not because one of the things that it, in the ballooning world is most people are 68 years old mm -hmm. and they're white males and that's just who's ballooning are, right? Mm -hmm. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to get a whole bunch of young people in ballooning, get a corporate sponsor for it. And we're going to give free balloon training to 14 to 25 year old kids. Wow. So I came up with the plan of what I wanted to accomplish. I started telling everybody that I knew that I was going to create this thing and I was going to get corporate sponsorship. And I can't tell you who the company is, but I will say it's one of the top 10 largest companies in the world uh, that we have a corporate balloon that we are going to be, that we got for free and, and they're helping pay for our program to have 14 to 25 year old kids learn to balloon out here this summer. Wow. Um, and we're going to, and so that's one thing that, that uh, I'm passionate about that I think makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and it's giving back and inspiring young people yeah. and talking about that story is how, when I took someone ballooning, is how I got into that, yeah. um, into that, into that brand. Uh, and then the other thing that, you know, um, that, uh, that I'd say that I'm up to is fascinating is, um, um, I've decided that I'm going to, um, that if there is something that someone wants to create, right, and they have an idea like I did, I'm just going to help them accomplish it because I just don't think anything is that hard. And it goes back to, you know, and this goes to startups too, but back a couple of years ago, I, I was frustrated with my friend who said, oh, you can't just create lots of money and raise lots of money and nonprofits and it's hard. And I was like, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Here's the truth. If you have five people who are excited about anything, five people that are excited and focused on one thing, you can probably achieve it in 21 days. Yes. So we created Being Awesome is Awesome Fest. The idea was literally come up with a project from a nonprofit yourself, get five people together and you have 21 days to accomplish it. The last one we did, we created 10 new awesome projects in the world. So I, I view it as that, you know, it's same thing with business and startups. If you have five people that are committed to something, you'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, yeah. And it's always when you, when other things get in the way as an entrepreneur, that's where it gets challenging with greed or frustration or not understanding pieces or, mm -hmm. you know, being worried about someone taking over your business or, you know, ultimately you just got to find five people that you're excited who have the same goal in mind. And that's what always wins in the end. You'll always find a way to win. Amazing. Amazing. So, well, be careful what you wish for because you, you may get a lot of requests on, on that, uh, on that invitation right now. Um, all right. So, 
how how do you how do you find these people because, because that's another thing now uh, so i guess you are getting inbound leads from google now so there's um there's a couple so i guess there's two different businesses so i'll go through kind of the i think the seattle ballooning one is the is the most organic and the way that was built in the proper way and so I'll run through that because I think for anyone starting a company, no matter what it is, whether it's a SaaS business or it's a, or it's a, any service business, doesn't really matter. Hmm. It really comes down to a couple of things. And when I was at, at ZocDoc, which was online scheduling for doctors, I learned three core things. And that's the reason this business was ballooning and this has been successful. Hmm. Number one was that I realized that reviews were everything. Yeah. And what I found was even with doctors, right? If someone had five star reviews, they got a lot of people would choose them, right? Yeah, yeah. If someone had a 4.9, less would choose them. 4.7, it was like 50% less. 4.2, you might as well not even have a business, right? Yeah. So I realized from the very beginning that I had to create extraordinary customer experiences and anyone who did not have an extraordinary customer experience, I had to curb that, take mm -hmm. care of it to make sure that no one ever found out about it so that everyone viewed that we had a great experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone who just has five-star reviews like we do as well, it, it's not that it naturally happens. Yeah. You have to really try. Yeah. And what that means is both having great customers do reviews, but also when something goes wrong, you take responsibility, you own up to it, you take care of that customer. Yeah. That was the first thing I, I learned. The second thing was on doctor's profiles, they had your review and you had a photos. Mm -hmm. What was interesting is there were two primary care physicians of two women. One of them had, you know, was in a white coat, hair up, looked very professional. Mm -hmm. The other one was absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Hair down, absolutely beautiful. And when you start to think about it, if you're looking for a doctor mm -hmm. and you're a man, are you gonna go for the super hot lady? No. If you're, a, if you're a lady, are you gonna go for the Super Alley? No, so she was getting barely any appointments. All we did was change one photo, uh -huh. and then she destroyed it in getting patients, right? So I realized very early on that it was in, in the photos, in how things look in that initial experience, people make decisions very quickly off of the photos, that user experience, and then the reviews. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then the, and then so, how so when i built seattle ballooning i said well also people need access immediate access because what i didn't like was if someone has a question right because the only reason someone doesn't buy or doesn't book a demo mm -hmm. right is for two reasons they either don't trust you <laughs> right from reviews or something right. or they've one or two questions before booking yeah or, or booking a demo or or buying something mm -hmm. so i was like how do i allow someone to ask those one or two questions and answer them so that i never miss it so in my case you know seattle blooming i put beautiful imagery mm -hmm. right i had all five star reviews i had wonderful language had all my all the ai everything i needed to automate the booking process everything was smooth and then i had a a, a chat a live chat on there mm -hmm. now here was the challenge with live chat and this is i think one of the challenges an entrepreneur uh, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Yeah. And when I started Seattle Ballooning, uh, he was only two and a half years old. And I would read books to him. Mm -hmm. And I remember one night I'm reading through a book and it was Dr. Seuss who was, um, Oh, the Places You'll Go. I don't know if you remember that book. Mm -hmm. This kid, it even has hot air balloons in it, right? All the places you go, join the high flyers, right? I'm reading the book and I get a chat. So mm -hmm. what do I do? I stop reading, put the book down. I go, hold on a second, Asher. Mm -hmm. 
I chat away five minutes later. He goes, dad, dad, are you going to read the book? Right. I go, okay, okay. I'm all done. Start yeah. reading the book again. Right. Then I get a phone call. Yeah. I go, hold on, Ashley. It'll just be a minute. And answer the phone call happens again. Now this time it's been 10 minutes. I come back. He's asleep. Uh. And the page that's open on the book says, um, it's called the waiting place. That's the page that's opening. This page says waiting in line, waiting for the phone to ring, waiting for this. I was like, oh my God, I like, what a terrible dad, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I just like wasn't paying attention to my kids so I can make $1,200. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, I have to find a way to automate this where I can answer people's questions and not be away from my kids and I can have time with them. And that's when I discovered, you know, AI chatbots and, you know, Drift. And I started building it for my own site as a way to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. Well, what I found was that with, from an SEO standpoint, it was fascinating because there were three things that did. Having an AI chatbot on my site increased the time someone was on my site by two mm -hmm. minutes. I see, I see. Two minutes. Dwell time of two minutes. Who wouldn't want like two extra minutes? Who would want like 10 extra seconds, right? The second thing that happened was the bounce rate on my site dropped from 54% to 19%. And then my conversion went up by four to, from two to 4%. So when, so what I realized was that I don't have to talk to someone can give them an amazing user experience and I can read books with my kids. And that's how then I, that's how then I took everything that I do with the site of reviews and photos and that experience of recreating the bot to be able to answer every possible question someone could ask. Awesome. And, and that's what allowed me now to scale where I don't have to have conversations with people because no matter where they're coming from, from an ad or something that has a personalized contextual conversation with them right when they hit the site. That's great. Well, let me unpack uh, so many nuggets right there. Uh, let me unpack what the first one was funny one where, uh, you know, the, you're talking about the, the picture of the uh, gorgeous lady. And um, I, I want to quickly share my experience. You know, uh, I used to do these videos and I had a teleprompter because I, I you know, when I started doing videos, I was very intimidated. I didn't want to look like uh, I didn't know what I was talking about. And for the longest time, you know, I was publishing all these videos. People were not connecting with it. And then somebody told me just do it raw. And I was like, you know, my accent and I, I stumbled on some words. I'm thinking of what to say next. It's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. That's, that's what people need. So. <laughs> it's amazing. I was doing 10 times more work and not getting the result. Now, you know, I don't need to care about any of that and just put raw material out there and people connect with it better. So it's, it's amazing what you discover. And then uh, the next thing, what you said, like taking care of uh, your loved ones can, can, is, is a huge component of success. And a lot of people miss out on that. And, and uh, you know, this is a good example where when you put your focus on the right things, it can lead to new opportunities. You, you never know. Yeah, um, I would have never come up with it had I, had I not been, you know, and it, I think my relationship with my wife would have been worse too. Like she would be frustrated and bad. I'd be taking phone calls. Like, you know, as an entrepreneur, like you get a lead, you're like, I'm going to talk to this person right now. And they're like, it's dinner. And you're like, you know, it's, it's hard to turn it off. Yeah. And if you can find ways to automate that, it really gives some, it really gives you back that time where you're not worried about missing a call. You're not worried. You just know they're going to book a demo anyway, exactly. you know, exactly. and you can trust your systems. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that's a very, very good use of technology, AI. Uh, I mean, that's where, um, you know, I, in fact, I made a post about this. Uh, 
lot of small businesses think they, these, you know, AI and machine learning is for big boys only. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, these these things can be implemented in any uh, any environment, and they don't cost an arm and a leg as people think they they do, right? Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I there is there is some AI stuff that's expensive, but the truth is is that for the most part, if you're willing to just learn a little bit of the platform. You know, it doesn't cost a lot, but the impact is so high of, you know, like getting rid of the forms on your site and just letting people book meetings, you know, and ask them some qualifying questions about it. It doesn't take a lot of time and it really, you know, it, it, uh, it gives such massive results and saves so much time of, of following up and you know, I just see anything that can automate it. Great. So let's, let's unpack that a little bit. So let's say a company comes to you and says, okay, you know, I want to implement some chat. Uh, and obviously every company has their different way of doing things and their product mix is different services they offer are different. So what is your process of actually, you know, uh, discovering what, what needs to go into a chatbot which will be effective? Yeah. So, um, I think there's, with chatbots, there's a couple of different pieces, but when you break down the core, mm -hmm. and I'm actually gonna be at uh, Drift next week, cause I'm the power user on their, their entire system, and it's the, uh, the top AI chatbot for businesses right now. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple of different ones, but Drift is phenomenal. I'm teaching an advanced course on how to build like advanced good bots. Okay. And one of the things that always comes up is, it's in the initial engagement of the way you engage with someone on the site. And it comes down to a couple of things. One is how you engage with them, right? Which would be the UX. Because the second you put a bot on a site and it's jumping out at you and saying like, hi, and asking you something, it becomes your user experience. Mm -hmm. So you have to be real careful to make sure that it's good and it's not annoying, right? The second thing is we already talked about it, which was being contextual and personalized. Mm -hmm. So just like in a LinkedIn message or in an email or or connecting someone, you want to be contextual and personalized. The chatbot, you have to do it as well, but you only have a hundred characters, mm -hmm. and that hundred characters has to hit the need of the company or the need of the prospect. Has to be contextual, mm -hmm. and get them to somehow engage. Right, get them to click on it for some reason they're interested. That's challenging, but that's the first piece. Then the second thing is looking at okay, where are they coming from, right, are, and why are they there? Are they there because it's their first time there? Is it their second time there? Is it already someone who's at a demo? Because depending on who your segmented groups in, you're gonna have a different conversation with them, right? Because you wouldn't wanna push a customer into, oh, you're, you're a customer, great, do you wanna book a demo? Because that's awkward, right? And, it, and it's actually, um, it's in the setup and the way you set that up can either be very powerful or not. Um, and then the, the next thing you really think about is, am I giving value? right in the chatbot so if it's just a form a glorified form just what's your name what's your email use a form it doesn't matter yeah. but if you're going to give something engaging like for example on seattle ballooning um our our says um you know we did this epic drone video last week want to check it out it's pretty cool mm -hmm. it is 29 percent of all people click on that video and engage with us yeah. right 29 percent. that is mind-blowingly high. Yeah. They'll have other ones of other companies, like uh, there's a company called Ringlead that I work with. Mm -hmm. uh, they do deduplication for Salesforce leads, right? So when I was thinking about, well, what's the opener that, would, that everyone deals with with multiple leads? Yeah. Well, it's really the worry of, what if two people call the same person? Isn't that awkward? So the opener was, 
isn't it awkward when two sales reps call the same same sales lead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awkward, right? Well, that's enough to get someone to engage. And so once they engage, then really the, the prospect is in the driver's seat. Do they want to learn more information? Do they want to chat? Do they want to book a demo? Do they want to see case studies? And so when you're, that's your initial piece, right? Once you built out kind of your core bot, then you get to do kind of the fun stuff. That's where then taking that same bot, slightly changing some of the openers to have your, your ad be contextual. So for example, uh, let's say uh, I have a Facebook ad for ballooning, right? And I'm going to target people on Facebook that have an anniversary in 30 days. Well, what is the chat bot going to open with? Yeah. Um, uh, happy anniversary, I guess. Yeah. Hey, we love helping people with their anniversary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What year, what anniversary number is this for you that you're celebrating? Now, they look at that. That's a cohesive, yeah. contextual, personalized conversation from an ad of course they're going to chat with it right and so you start to think about well, where is someone coming from and how do i connect them or if i send them an email or a newsletter well how can i continue that as a cohesive conversation to get them to engage yeah. versus just like here's a here's the landing page with more info on this and fill out another form for the third time even though we already have your info yeah. does it make sense and so course, it, it really comes out to context personalization yeah, yeah. Um, and cohesiveness yeah yeah no this is uh, this is exactly what i wanted to make sure that people uh, listen to i mean i am fairly familiar with chatbot and ai and everything uh, but it's it's the power of actually uh, bringing the human element uh, because uh, you know there's a lot of fear and 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 a uh, lot of uh, um, misinformation about ai you know ai taking people's jobs and everything but uh, <laughs> you know i just wanted to uh, bring uh, surface that you know AI is also good, like because it can actually uh, bring human elements into into context where it didn't exist before, right? Yep. Yeah, I I don't think there's a you know, it ends up coming down to can you get rid of the stoppages, something that's stopping someone to be able to connect with you. Yeah. yeah. And if someone is reading something or an article or a PDF, doesn't it make sense that that's the time when they're going to have a question? Right. Or, and that's the other thing I find hilarious with businesses This is one other piece that, you know, that I think people should change immediately that I think is one of the funniest things you remember with HubSpot, how their big push was always, you know, do, um, you know, gated content, right? Yeah. yeah and it was yeah. gate, gate your content. Um, so that, you know, you can get someone's email so you can follow up with them. Yeah. Right. Well, to be honest, I just want people to read my content. Because that's when they'll be interested and they'll get in contact. So if you allow a conversation to naturally flow from a, a piece of content, God, how much more powerful is that than, hey, give me your email so you can read something that I'm, I want you to read anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's a very good point. And what, you know, uh, I, I'm obviously not a, a marketer, but what I've found is that uh, just like life uh, in life, there are, there are these cycles, right? So once something is novel, people gravitate towards that. So when you know email providing email was new, uh, people were very receptive to that. But now I think they're catching up. They they understand what the heck is going on when I put my email address. You know what is going to happen here. Uh, so so uh, yeah, I mean uh, we just need to uh, keep reinventing uh, ourselves and making sure that we provide even better experience. So because it's all about uh, you know at the end of the day. 
we are trying to provide the best experience for the visitors of our websites to our clients and everything. And so these technologies, these innovations help us to provide that experience, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so at every level because everything comes down to that user experience. And we all want, I think I saw a stat recently, it was like 79% of all um, business execs expect personalized content, mm. right? And I know I don't interact with some, I'm not going to randomly contact a company because they sent me a report. Yeah. I don't care. I'm, I'm just like, I just want you to take some time and research me and see whether it makes sense. But I think that that's one of the things that comes down to it with, you know, bootstrapping things is that you, uh, except you're bootstrapping businesses early on before you're raising money. It's how can you get to making money as quickly as possible and automate those processes? And one of my favorite books, I don't know if you've ever read it, it's by Michael Gerber. Mm. Um, it's called The E-Myth. Mm. You know, it talks about, you know, you learn each process to automate it for someone else then to take over. Mm. I look at processes and I find automations to automate it so I can spend my time doing more valuable things than finding links to build, yeah, right? Yeah. Or or, or doing another YouTube video to try and get a backlink or something, you know, it's, and you start to find how can I automate this and, um, so that I can then focus on my customers and focus on getting referrals and focus on, you know, getting as many, you know, converting as many leads as possible. That's great. Awesome. Um, now let's, uh, one, one of the last questions here. Um, every entrepreneur, um, goes through their challenges up and down. So they make mistakes. So, can you share some mistakes you made and what kind of lessons you learned from it? Oh yeah. Uh, I think one of the best lessons I learned was I, I helped start a company called Prismic and Prismic was uh, doing 3d for shoes. So it was basically going to work in Oculus augmented reality on a website. You could move an actual product in 3d and it was realistic, right? We created this awesome technology wasn't scalable. And although we were working with some big brands like Nike and we were working with Arterix, we were working with, you know, Lands and all these big companies, it wasn't scalable. And eventually we realized it. we spent about $600,000 of initial seed money. And I was like, I'm never going to build a non-scalable business again. <laughs> um, and, you know, and inside of that, one of the other lessons I learned was with friends and family funding. Yeah, yeah. Um, although you know, friends and family funding can be okay. I'm really against it. I think it hurts relationships yeah. because most of us, we can convince our friends and family to give us 25, you know, 50, $75,000, you know, a pop, $100,000, depending on who your friends are. But when you can't pay them back and it fails, you have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that it's not worth it to do friends and family round it's more important to build a scalable business and of something that makes sense where you can make money at and you can either make money without having to raise, yeah, yeah. which is what I've done in all my companies. Yeah. Um, even for my chatbot company, we're going to do a million something dollars next year for our second year. We don't need to raise any money because it works. Yeah. And so if you're finding something, if you can't find a way to make money off this stuff you're doing, you need to ask yourself, is it really scalable? And is it worth possibly risking all these relationships? Mm -hmm. I would say the second, because that really is important. It did kill some relationships. The second thing is that, um, is that when, is always raise enough money and uh, all, just always over raise money when you can get it and don't be, 
stingy around the money you raise. Yeah, yeah. And I see this a lot. And even in myself, some will offer you money. You're like, oh, that's too much of a percent or all this stuff. Cause you're so worried about your equity or giving equity to someone. You know what? That's where the market is at and you should take it. Cause when you don't, when you don't have the money, you know, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. And then the, uh, and then the very last one I would say is, is a failure that I learned was when, when you start a company and you feel like it's so special mm -hmm. yeah. that nobody, if you tell someone, they might take your idea. Oh no. <laughs> Here's the truth. A, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. B, nobody is passionate like you are about your idea. Mm -hmm. And the less you share with people and the more you do these, like sign this NDA and stuff, all it does is turn people off from helping you. Yeah. And the truth is no one else has your knowledge or care to build what you're going to build. And they're not going to build it better anyway, or find funding because you have a story around it. So my best suggestion is stop doing dumb NDAs <laughs> and just tell people what you're doing and get their help. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I won't even talk to someone if they want to do an NDA. I'm like, Hey, I don't care about your business and I'm not going to copy it because I have more interesting things than whatever that is, you know? So that's my best advice of, of failures I did in the past. Yeah, the, the, this is, uh, I'm laughing because I, I tell a lot of people the same thing in different words. Um, I, because, you know, a lot of people come uh, talk to me and they say, Oh, I don't want to make money and, you know, tell me how to do it. And I lay out a step-by-step -step plan in front of them and nothing happens, you know, nothing. Like, so uh, to your point, you know, even if, even if you give something the blueprint, it's very unlikely they'll actually do something about it uh, because of lack of passion, lack of, uh, lack of whatever, you know, lack of uh, their drive or whatever. Um, yeah, and NDAs and, uh, you know, I smile when people ask for NDA. I, I do sign them, but, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's funny how you go through different, uh, different avenues, you arrive at the same conclusion. Yeah. And I, I just think that you'll find that people are really willing to help you and people want to see you successful. And, you know, if someone wants to do it, they'll find a way to raise more money and do it. But it, it's just an NDA is not going to stop. That's not the people you're talking to are not going to redo it, you know? So, um, yeah. And I think it all comes back to, you know, it's the people that you choose to take advice from in relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you, you can really generate some great relationships over time and keep those. You'll f always have a way to find more money if you need it. If you need short-term or long-term funding, you know, if you need advice from somebody, you always find a way to get it. Um, but that comes from a lot of failures of failing along the way where they failed or you failed. And that's where they actually learn from it. I think that's the only way that we actually grow as an entrepreneur. And, uh, and I do, and I do have to say, I may have screwed up on one, which I do have a friend, Brian, who I told him, I go, buddy, it's your first startup. It's going to suck and fail probably. I know someday you'll be a billionaire, but this one isn't it. And he just released uh, what he's doing at Davos and, uh, and is working with a bunch of very, very, you know, Fortune 1000 companies. So I may have been wrong there uh, that, hey, the first time around doesn't always work. But, you know, maybe that was my failure in investor, you know, so I'm still learning there. Yeah, you can't you, you can be right all the time, but that's another lesson. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. This has been a, a wonderful episode. You shared so much information. Uh, and it all, uh, you know, it was all raw, it was all real, uh, no fluff. So thank you so much. I hope people listen to this and 
and take uh, this advice, implement in their business, uh, which will definitely have a huge positive impact. So thank you so much. Now, before I let you go, can you tell us how people can reach out to you? Uh, yeah, if you go to ultracool.io, uh, that's for the for people who are looking for chatbot help or strategy. Happy to chat with people if you're interested um, in talking about chatbots in general. Um, otherwise, you can always check out Seattle Ballooning if you want to see a really epic chatbot on there um, and kind of the way that we built that out. Um, it's pretty fascinating. One of the top chatbots in the world as far as compre comprehensive. Um, and uh, yeah, always have a chat about fun chat stuff or about if you have other questions or you're looking for a uh, sounding board, always happy to uh, talk to people quickly because I know I appreciate those people in the past helping me. Awesome. So. Great. Thank you so much. It, it was uh, such a pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank you so much. All right, have a great one, cheers. And that's all for now, until next time. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or a career professional, then I invite you to join our growing community. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. As a welcome bonus, you will get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series and Mastering Your Inner Game video series absolutely free. This series of short videos address some core issues which are instrumental in helping you move forward in your business or career. The videos are yours to view and share for free. No obligations or strings attached, except for one, you have to take action and implement it. So join us today, navigate to bootstrapping.group. If you want more engaging videos and insightful interviews with industry's thought leaders, then check out the other videos we have picked for you. The link is right there. And if you want to be notified about our new content, please do consider subscribing to our channel.